Hello, Darren here from Tea and Medals. I've been talking to Mark Smith, a medal expert and military historian, to find out about the history of British military awards. Last time, the Military Cross was introduced, prompted by courageous actions seen in the early battles of the First World War. So now the system has more tiers, how do you decide who gets what? It is a very difficult question because it is subject to what happened, who saw it happen, and the perspective that someone is going to give it when they write the citation. And all of that is subjective. If you witness something and you think it is incredible and you are an officer and you can write about it, you can do it. If you don't convey, this is dreadful, but if you don't convey strongly enough what happened in your written citation, the awards and honours committee that is going to look at it is going to turn it down. So gallantry awards are emotive things. A, because if they are awarded, then there has been an action of some description which is worthy of merit. Now, in three levels for officers with the Military Cross, the DSO and the Victoria Cross for the Army. But you are always almost at the mercy of the witnesses and the written account of what happened. And there must be hundreds of people who were worthy of all sorts of awards from Military Crosses to Victoria Crosses or whatever service they were serving in. They got killed, and the people who saw them do it got killed. No award. They were seen doing it by someone who was later killed and never got to write it down. No award. Or really, awfully, the person who wrote it just didn't do a very good job. And instead of it being a Victoria Cross, it was downgraded to a military cross. But there isn't really a hard and fast document that you can read and say, well, out of these 10 points, he got seven of them. It may be a tricky business to convince a committee, but there's one thing all the awards so far have in common. They're all for engaging an enemy. Everything that we have spoken about so far is indeed that. It is an action by a service person in the face of the enemy, male or female. That doesn't matter at this point in time, but it is definitely a fighting award. There has to be a standard, I suppose, that you would be expected to have performed to. So if you're a very junior officer, second lieutenant or a lieutenant, and you did something which is out of your job description almost, there was a chap called Lieutenant Jessop, who in 1916 was in a, a wood called Delville Wood on the Somme. Delville Wood was captured by us seven times, by the Germans six times over a period of time. And there are still, to this day, thousands of bodies still buried in the wood. And he held a trench with a bombing party. He started with 12 men, and when he came out of the wood, there were two of them left. Now, is that a Victoria Cross? Could be. But who witnessed it? So there is a lot of problems. What he actually got was a Distinguished Service Order. And as a, a historian of medals, what one always thinks about for the First World War is that if you have won a Distinguished Service Order, 
and you are uh, for the army a second lieutenant, a lieutenant or a captain, you were probably put in for the Victoria Cross and you just got that downgraded. And this is why the Distinguished Service Order is so difficult. If you were a major and above and you won a Distinguished Service Order, it's probably for staff work. So there is a huge difference between what you win them for, but you still get the same medal. And that was one of the problems that we've had with this middle tier between the service lowest award and the highest award, the Victoria Cross. The First World War didn't just bring about new awards. It also saw the creation of a whole new service, which would result in more changes to the system. In 1914, the air arm was part of the Army, the Royal Flying Corps. There was an air arm of the Navy, the Royal Naval Air Service. But on the 1st of April 1918, the Royal Air Force was formed and they now need their own medal hierarchy. The Royal Flying Corps pilots, before the 1st of April 1918, would win the Military Cross. But after the 1st of April 1918, the specific Distinguished Flying Cross had been made for the new Royal Air Force. And this then becomes their first level of gallantry for officers, again leading to the Distinguished Service Order and then on to the Victoria Cross. Three services, three more crosses. Let's recap. So the Distinguished Service Order, instituted in 1901, it's a solid silver cross and is awarded to Royal Navy officers and represents the first tier of gallantry awards for operations against the enemy. In December 1914, the Army instituted again a solid silver cross, now the Military Cross. And this awarded to officers again and is the first tier of gallantry awards for the Army. And then lastly, we have the Distinguished Flying Cross, which was instituted on the 1st of April 1918. And this is the same level of award as the other two, but now we can see that we have one for all three services, the Army, the Navy and the Air Force. Next time, Mark tells me about the first gallantry awards for women, and it's a bumpy road to equality. If you're enjoying the series, feel free to spread the word, subscribe and share it with your mates.